0: This is the Tribune Audio Network.
1: Hello. Hi. Oh my god,
0: Danelle. I love when we started the podcast. My action shot. Yeah. Like, you guys don't see what I see. There's yeah. jazz hands and... You have
1: to start with your eyes closed and okay. then you open them up.
0: And then you... The energy comes out? It just comes out. Okay. Because I'm really tired today. Uh, we were just talking about that. Kenny said he hasn't had his normal um, regulation cups of tea oh. that he normally drinks. I only had one. i
2: dying. dying today. Uh oh.
1: I've had a lot, of, I've had six cups of coffee. Jesus! I'm ready to go. I had to do something for work last night. I didn't get home until 11. Ooh. So I didn't get my full 12 hours of sleep, people. <laughs> I, listen, I love a good 12 hours. <laughs> I don't have kids, so I can sleep as long as I want.
0: I have to say the last is the job thing (laughs) the last few mornings I've had to wake up my son Declan oh
1: you're at that point that's great
0: yeah but I I mean like I think it's a fluke and what's gonna happen is this weekend when I'm like oh we can finally sleep in a little bit when I say sleep in I mean like eight ish eight a.m. ish it's not gonna happen he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna wake up at like 6 a.m. though because it's the weekend yeah he like secretly knows
1: why would he not why would he do anything else I don't know. It's so terrible. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm so tired, but I have no reason to be. Okay. So.
0: I mean, you work hard. That's a reason. I do. Um, all right. So I just had to say I started my day off real shitty, and I mean that literate, literally.
1: Who pooped their pants.
0: You? No. No. No, but that would be hilarious.
1: <laughs> I mean, Declan.
0: Um, He did. He did. I had to change his poopy pull-up this morning, which was terrible. But no, I was walking him into his daycare, mm-hmm. and I felt something drip on me, and I thought it was, like, the roof, because we had just passed under, like, the awning of yeah. the daycare. And so I reached up to, like, wipe it off, like, the water droplet, and I pulled my hand away, and it was bird shit. <gasps> oh. Declan. What a tragedy. Declan, on the other hand. Thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Wait, where did it land? <laughs> on my neck, kind oh. of. Like neck, almost collarbone. And I thought it was water, so I reached up and touched I it. And then I, when I pulled my hand away, <laughs> I looked down and there was just a giant wad of bird shit on my you finger. You know your
1: day is going to start out. If your, day out <laughs> if your day starts out like that, it's going to be a long day.
0: Well, and my favorite part was then I'm walking into a school with shit on my neck and shit on my finger. <laughs> And he's laughing. And I'm like, okay, buddy, we have to go in the bathroom so mom, you can wash your hands. We get in the bathroom. The sinks are like mid thigh, and the <laughs> mirrors are at like waist level
1: because children look in them.
0: Right. It's a daycare. So I ha- I'm wearing these big platform, like chunky heels. So you're like a so monster
1: I'm, in the mirror. I'm
0: basically squatting to see how much shit's on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> and again, Declan is just like, <laughs> I'm like, listen, mister. It was, it was kind of funny. It's great that he thought it was funny. Yeah. He thought it was real great. And then he kept asking me about, like, they have a bird in their school, like a caged bird. And so he oh. was like, his name's Mr. Happy. And he was like, is Mr. Happy going to poop on me? And I'm like, no, buddy. He's in a cage. <laughs> like, he's, he'll like, come traumatized. come home tonight,
1: and they'll be, like, poop all over him from his... He'll, like, try to get Mr. Happy to poop on him.
0: Oh, God. I hope not. But that's how I started my day. It was super fabulous. Um... Then the other thing I was going to tell you is some real lovely ladies I listen to. Uh, their podcast is called Freudian Sips. I'm they, about to download that. You should. Uh, they talk about like psychology kind of stuff. And uh oh, Danielle's doling out wine and she didn't do it right.
1: I didn't. I didn't give Kenny an equal opportunity <gasps> pour. Sorry, Kenny. But I gave him some of mine. Don't worry, we have another bottle. Yep, it's fine. <laughs> it's not like we ran out. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> I didn't mean
0: I was off. It's fine. Um, oh, but they gave us a shout out on their most recent podcast. I think it was their episode 17. Thanks, ladies. And so we want to say thank you. And we can't believe we still can't believe people listen to us. I
1: know. With, with any, any sense, sense of, of joy. <laughs> I guess I should. We should be <laughs> sh- like. I think you're really good. I think you're really good. But I don't. I cringe when I listen to myself. It's just hearing yourself. I know. It's fine. It's hard. We're good. But thanks for listening.
0: I think you're both okay. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, Kenny. Kenny approved. Kenny approved. that. And means he's you... the one that's to listen to everything. Yeah, he does. My favorite part of the last episode we did, though, was when you snorted.
1: I know. I've, I mean, it happens. I love it. That just it. means you really fun- you're really you you really funny. You, you're really funny. You're real funny, girl. <laughs> oh, you bought it.
0: Oh, I love it. Um, okay, tell me about the wine that we're okay. drinking currently.
1: So I bought this bottle on Sunday. And I was just feeling a little frisky. Wanted to spend a little money. So it's my all-time favorite wine. It's called Palermo, Mm -hmm. and it has a really rotten skeleton-looking lady on the front of it. Great. Which is creepy. How do you know it's a lady? I mean, I just assume she's wearing
0: a red cape. Can you turn it so I can see? Yeah. Mm, I assumed that was
1: a gentleman. Really? I did. Oh, what do you think, Kenny? I felt like a pirate. Kind of looks like a lady. I think think it could be either or. Okay.
0: Okay, so what kind of wine is it?
1: Um, it's a cab and it's from California and it is, again, my all time favorite. Very smooth, very just, I do, I usually buy it for special occasions and for some reason Sunday was a special fucking occasion. (laughs) So I drank half the bottle on Sunday and, um, it's by Orin Swift Cellars. So they make a bunch of, um, different wines and all their wines are delicious. So if you ever see them on sale, sometimes they're on sale at Heinen's, which is a local grocery store here. Or, or I have your seen local it at, store. I have seen it at my all time favorite place, which I realize I talk about a lot.
0: I'm gonna get you a shirt that says Costco, Costco employee. <laughs> I'm like
1: I'm like Bubba Gump talking or... about shrimp about Costco. <laughs> it's kind of obnoxious. They have wine at Costco. Gaz, y'all they had it once at Costco. <laughs> I bought it, but it's it's the best. So
0: cool. Um, well, after we're done with see. that, I picked up this wine on my way here at the CVS, the local CVS, which mm-hmm. is my favorite winery to go to. Mm-hmm. We're so Midwest, it's disgusting. We are. Um, this is, I don't know how to say it, Mayomi? Miomi. Miomi. Pinot Noir. It is from Santa Barbara, which me and Danelle are going to. So, sorry, Kenny. Um, we're going to Santa Barbara to see our favorite girls. Gals. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. But not in a creepy way. Not a, No, not in a creepy way. Karen in Georgia, <laughs> my favorite murder. We're coming. We're coming. For my favorite weekend. And we can't wait. And
1: I've never been to Santa Barbara. So <gasps> I'm super stoked.
0: <gasps> oh. It's very beautiful. I feel like a lot of rich people live there. It's very
1: fancy. And shout out to Donald.
0: Shout out to Donald, my husband. We're using his basically half of his points that he's been accruing for travel. I feel all like we
1: need to do something nice for him. I mean, I'm married to him. Isn't that something nice? Of course. But I feel like. <laughs> Maybe a gift certificate to his favorite restaurant. I don't know. Okay. His favorite restaurant. I should restaurant get him something because basically McDonald's. I'm staying for free because of Donald. So thanks, Donald. Okay. Shout okay. Out.
0: We, will, we will find something nice to do for him. Does Donald listen? Uh, I don't know if he's actually listened. He does promote us on social sometimes because it's adorable, but I don't think he's actually listened to a full episode. So I'll have to talk to him. About My husband's
1: that. done one okay. episode. Okay. yeah, Which I get because he has to hear me, he hears you yabber yabble? all day. Yeah. So I get it. I get it.
0: But whatever. We're going to put them at, we're going to lock them in a room and we're going to make them binge listen to all the episodes I so far. Like, yeah. Sounds like a good punishment. I mean, Callie
1: listens to us. She loves us.
0: God. She told me after the last one. Mom, you should have seen her when we got here today. Was she excited? No, she didn't know what to do. She was sitting on the couch and I don't know what she did when Kenny walked in.
2: She looked super confused. I walked in and she looked up like, "Who? Who? I know you, but, but this are you is, this isn't right. To be here? Why why
0: are you here alone?" And then I walked in and I got the head cock, like, Hmm. Why are you here? But then she
1: just continued to sit on the
0: couch, and then she just kept sitting. She didn't even get off the couch. She just kept sitting there, and I was well, like, "She
2: got off the couch for me at least." Oh, yeah.
0: what are you trying to prove, Kenny?
2: She does like me a little bit more. She
0: is into <sighs> Kenny a little bit, and I always thought she was into girls. You thought your dog was a lesbian? She, yeah, okay. Because I feel loves like she's an to, equal opportunity. No, humper. she is,
1: but I feel like she loves kids and she loves to like get like lick kids' ears, which is weird. And I don't let her, but if they like get on the ground with her. She's particular whatever it's weird
0: it's fine my my parents dog licks my dad's um head because he shaves it really close because he doesn't have a lot of hair and it probably there. likes the it likes the texture, texture yeah. of the shaved she's head. really into
1: ears like she'll start licking your ear and then she'll get she licks it's <laughs> gone it's <her. laughs> that's how she gets started
0: <laughs> she li- she does like my no my parents dog is a he and he likes to lick ears too and i think it's because he's a sicko is yeah. what i think it is that's just whatever whatever to dogs are amazing own. um Remind me... No, you don't have to remind me, but I have I have a dog tie-in later. Um, yes. If you guys haven't heard, we have a Patreon, so you can check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to put some content up there in the next day or two. Uh, and, ooh, we have our uh-huh. unofficial official mascots. Yes. Donna. Donna, my horse. She's a Connemara pony, and she's amazing. A little sassy. Her show name's Prima Donna, so she's kind of a bitch. And then, who else? Callie.
1: Who's a super bitch? and she doesn't care?
0: <laughs> and she makes a lot of noise during this podcast she
1: her favorite activities are farting, sleeping, and snoring. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Donna's favorite activities are chasing boys, making eyes at boys, shaking her butt at boys. And when I say boys, I mean other horses, not men. Um, it's just a real a real treat. <laughs> <laughs> She's a sassafras. I love it. Um, okay. I think that's it. Do we have anything else that we, we don't have any hometowns or anything to go over, right? Mm-mm, I don't think so. Okay. So Danelle goes first this week.
1: Yep. Okay. I'm really excited about mine. Oh, I watched a Netflix documentary called the long shot. Ooh. You heard okay. of it? No. It's kind of amazing. You should check it out. And, um, I, was flipping through this weekend because we were trying to find since Game of Thrones is over, we were trying to find something to watch. And Peaky Blinders mm. isn't out yet, their new season. And Can if you I have not watched
0: some suggestions, real quick, yeah. Okay, here are my suggestions for shows you should be watching. Okay, today came out the I think third or fourth season of Handmaid's Tale.
1: I have not watched the fr- I started episode Girl, one and then I got like it was it had nothing to do with the episode. I got sidetracked with something like I had to do something else. Okay,
0: Handmaid's Tale. Okay, amazing. Another one I really like. um is harlots
1: harlots yeah
0: okay. it's on hulu as well okay and in season two liz um aerosmith's daughter oh tyler
1: yeah Liv. Liv. Oh, liz. yeah I, I knew exactly who you were talking Liv, about. Liv
0: tyler's in it and i think I she's love amazing her. and um i think season three comes out soon so you can binge one and two anyway those are the two shows that i'm in love with obviously chernobyl as well okay Oh, you like Chernobyl. Okay. Uh-huh. I got you're I got it.
1: HBO. You fools. And you're going to start watching Game of Thrones. <laughs>
0: yes, although I started it and I had trouble getting through the first five minutes.
1: You I'll ha- continue. Give I'll it continue. Three episodes. Don't you think three, Kenny? Oh, three episodes.
2: I'd say three to really get into it. End of season one, you'll not be able to stop watching. Do you watch hear her
1: it. in there?
0: I do. <laughs> She's such a brat. I love She's
2: it. Like, <laughs> 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 it's my favorite when you do impressions. Okay. Um, okay,
1: sorry. Okay, okay. So, you're watching this a Netflix documentary. Yeah. And okay, so this is a survival story of Juan Catalan. Mhm. And um, I'm just going to dive right in. Where Juan grew up um, in Southern California, you could really take two paths. It was a kind of a rough area. Mm-hmm. Um, you could join a gang. I mean, I'm sure there are other choices, but for him you, you were you would either join a gang or keep the straight and narrow. Okay. Um, Juan's brother joined a gang and um Juan decided to stay the straight and narrow, obviously not always perfect, but he was all an all-around good guy. Good. And um, so this all starts on May 12th in 2003. Mm. Juan was 24 years old, and he got a hold of, I think it was six Dodger, four or six Dodger tickets to the LA Dodgers baseball. Nice. Jenny, that's baseball. Uh, I, that is, I, I knew
0: that because actually my maiden name is the name of their pitcher. Kershaw. Kershaw. Oh.
1: So that was my maiden you, name. Yeah. I have I actually have a jersey. I knew it was <laughs> I knew it was baseball from the documentary, but I didn't realize it was dot like I'm not a baseball person, so whatever. I only know because I'm not of the a pitcher. sports person. Yeah. So <laughs> so he got a hold of a few tickets um at the stadium and he was like, Who should I take? He wasn't gonna go. I mean, he grew up one of the Dodgers games. Like he said, like one of his earliest childhood memories was, you know, cramming into the nosebleeds and getting free tickets or whatever. Yeah. And him and his family going. Um, so he got four or six of these tickets, I forget exactly how many, and he wasn't sure if he was able to go because of work or whatever, but he decided to invite a few of his friends. And then he also took his six year old daughter, Melissa, with him. Mm. Um, little did he know that this game would end up saving his life. Uh oh. And here's how. So fast forward three months later, so now it's August 2003, mm-hmm. and Juan um, goes into work. One day he works with his dad, and um, he notices a lot of commotion outside and walks outside and realizes that he's surrounded by cops everywhere. Uh And he's just like, okay, what's going on? He's so confused. And he was told that he was being charged with the murder of a 16 year old Martha Puebla. And, um, it turns out that Martha had recently testified at a preliminary hearing, uh, about a gang member in which Juan's brother, (gasps) Mario was a part of,
0: Uh Oh, do they look a lot
1: alike? They don't look a lot alike. However, Juan, in support of his brother, you know, your family shows up at a preliminary trial, right. showed up to this preliminary trial. Uh-oh. So he had seen um, Martha testify. Okay. Okay. But he's not involved in the gang at all. He right. And his mom just went to show support for his brother, who was in the gang and maybe not such a great guy. Um, so they. Uh, okay. Um, the police believe that Juan because he had been in the courtroom, had killed Puebla in relation to this testimony. oh um, According to cops, an eyewitness said that they had seen Juan pull the trigger in execution-style <gasps> murder. Wait, who? They had witnesses? One witness. Okay. But here's the thing. Remember, he's the survivor here, so he, you know. Yeah. So back on May 12th, which is the day he went to the Dodgers game, Yes. Um, Martha Puebla, 16 years old, innocent girl, sat on the curb of her Sun Valley, California home talking to a girlfriend just like any like 16-year-old of course. does. Yes. And um, a man walked up from behind and started shooting. Okay. What the fuck? I know. The man held his gun. This is so gross. The man held his gun so close to her face that the gun left soot and burn marks on her Jesus. Um She was hit just below the left eye and killed. Um and she was sixteen. She was sixteen. And all because and it turns out, which I might mention this later in the story, but it turns out in this preliminary testimony, she actually says, I didn't I didn't see there the was another murder. Like I didn't see anything. Okay. And this was the witness. This was the witness. Okay. Yeah. No, the witness to Martha's murder Mm -hmm. claims that it's Juan. Oh, okay. Okay. But when Martha was testifying before she was murdered, which is why she was murdered Mm. in her testimony, she says, I, I didn't even see anybody in this murder. So does that make sense? Okay. So she,
0: she was, okay. So Martha was a witness. Yes. Then Martha, because she was witness, got killed. Yes. With a very close range. Bullet. Yes. To the
1: face. And there was a witness to that. And there was a witness to that. Yes. But it was late at night. It was dark. It was like 10 30 at night and it was dark. Gotcha. So, okay. So, um, Juan, if you remember, of course, had an alibi. He was at the Dodgers game of with his friends and daughter, but the police didn't believe him. <gasps> so, that's why you got a guy on the jumbo trunk. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Continue. So, the prosecutor who had never lost a case was pushing for the death penalty <gasps> for Juan. And she, that was kind of her MO is that she always got, she always pushed for the death penalty. And Juan here, Juan is like, I, I didn't do this. Like I was at the baseball game. Right. And, um, it looked like at the beginning of the uh, trial and everything that he was going to go down for this. Jeez. Um, Juan remember hearing about this kick-ass attorney named Todd M- Melanick, um, who agreed to be his defense lawyer. Nice. So Juan hires her lawyer, hires a lawyer. Have you guys ever watched Better Call
2: Saul? First season of it. Okay. Yeah.
1: It's really good, but it he kind of reminds me of Saul from Better Call Saul a little bit. Oh, not as okay. shade, not like as gimmicky and stuff, but in the documentary, he's, he's a pretty cool guy. So he hires Todd as his lawyer, um, and Todd said after he hears Juan's story, he knew instantly that he was innocent. And he, he said to Juan, he's like, I'm going to get you out of here. Yes. And that's pretty daring for a defense attorney to say that before even like going to trial or anything. He's got um, balls. I like Yeah. It. Yep. Um, he actually said, I'm going to get you out of here. So um, Todd went to the Dodgers stadium and began pouring over internal camera footage mm-hmm. um, in the hopes of catching a some glimpse of one. Um, he did, in fact, find a fuzzy video from the Jumbotron. Yes. Um, get
0: on the Jumbotron, people. That
1: appeared to be Juan, but it was too. The resolution wasn't good enough and it wouldn't hold up in court. Damn it. Obviously, Juan told the prosecutor, or Juan's attorney told the prosecutor, like, hey, he was at the game, he has tickets, it's not good enough. So people, it's not good enough that you just have tickets to a game to get you out of a murder, because it doesn't prove that you were actually there. Good to know. Um, So they had to have some type of evidence, and Todd, his lawyer, was at a complete loss. Um, Although, again, he knew his client was innocent. Um, He ended up calling Juan in the last minute of their conversation, mentioned that he did see another camera crew at the stadium. Mm. He was like, I don't know what it was for, but there were like some additional cameras at the stadium. Maybe there's something there. I don't know. Ooh. like 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 near our row and stuff. (gasps) So his lawyer called Dodger Stadium. They let him come in, and they looked through all their books to see who was there, like what extra crew was there that day, and every date was blank except for May, except for the date of, what was it, May 12th? except for the date of May 12th. And it was, it said HBO film crew, HBO film crew. Yeah. Speaking of HBO. (laughs) Um, so he later found out that, um, a scene from, um, Larry David's curb, your curb, your enthusiasm Mm -hmm. was actually shooting.
2: I know what episode that is. Great episode.
1: Which can you name the episode?
2: It's the one where he takes a prostitute to the game.
1: It's called Carpool Lane. Oh. Yeah. He,
2: he hired a prostitute to get in the carpool lane to, to get, get himself quicker. to the game.
1: To nice. the Dodgers games. Okay. So, HBO, you know, when reflecting on this exact segment, their whole goal from shooting at the Dodgers stadium was to be kind of like stealth. Like, no one really knew it was an HBO film crew. That's why Juan was like, I feel like there were extra cameras that are usually not there mm-hmm. because Juan has been to so many games. Right. So he. It's not like he was like there was an HBO film crew there, so um, it was kind of like they were in disguise a little bit, and Larry David mm-hmm. was there shooting, but no one really knew like they were shooting something for HBO. So um, let's see. Da, 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 da. So uh, Juan's lawyer contacted HBO. It took him multiple times to get in touch with somebody from there, and they were just like, "We can't release this footage to you. Like this this episode HBO. this episode hasn't aired yet. Like we can't just release." And then um, he somehow got in contact with Larry David. Yeah, and was he was just did. like, there's a guy on death row who did not do this, and you may have the footage that sets him free. And Larry David was like, okay, come on in. So he <gasps> lets his lawyer come in. Larry David. They look through hours and, like, hours of footage, and the production assistant that was there was the, there the day of the game as well. And sure enough... They were almost done looking at the footage when they come across um, raw footage of Juan and his daughter coming back. So he had taken his daughter to the um, candy stand or, like, the concession stand. Get
0: some hot dogs. Uh-huh.
1: And so they were coming back, and the production assistant was not supposed to let anybody back. Like, they had to wait until they were done filming the scene. Uh, yes. But the production assistant remembers. He was like, I remember them, and I... I obviously was a shitty production assistant because I let them go ahead and take their seats while we were filming. And he was like, I remember them. And they got them clear as day, caught on camera, walking down and sitting in their seats. And yeah, they were, they, they ended up being in like three other shots. So they can point, they can now pinpoint Juan at the game.
0: Yeah, they can. During
1: the um, during certain times. Mm. Unfortunately. HBO footage isn't good? No, HBO, this is great. So, <laughs> it, so now it, it takes Juan to the stadium. They know he's there. But... Um, she was not murdered until ten thirty at night, oh. but the game did go until till late. But they the footage is time stamped and it ends at nine thirty. So the prosecutor says, "Well, he still had time to go back home and, and kill her." Which come on. So thankfully, in two thousand and three, um, Juan had a flip phone. Yeah, he did. And they got in touch with the cell phone carrier at the time, which I think was like Cellular One or some some company that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And they were able to um, pinpoint one of Juan's calls to his girlfriend at like mm. ten fifteen.
0: Yeah, they did. So they
1: were able to say like, yes, he was still there. There was no, there wasn't enough time for him to go back and like do the murder and all that stuff. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay, so after sitting in jail for five and a half months, thinking he was going on death row. Wow. Um, Juan was cleared of all charges at the preliminary hearing, and in two thousand and eight, a gang member. Um, received a life sentence for the for the murder of Martha Puebla and it gets better. Ooh. Juan also received three hundred and twenty thousand dollars in a settlement against the LAPD in yeah. the city of Los Angeles for false imprisonment, misconduct and defamation. So it turns out whenever they um took one into custody, mm-hmm. they basically had false statements that they used to try to get him to confess. And like everything they did was wrong. They, they already pinpointed him. They had a sketch that kind of looked like him. Right. And the witness, it was dark. Like there were just so many, it was, it was kind of like, um, making of a murder almost. Yeah. N- I mean, not as intense, but like they had their guy, they wanted to get him for it and they didn't have the evidence to back it up. So they kind of like fluffed Invented everything. It. Yeah. Um, so he ended up winning that, um, settlement. And, um, He later ended up meeting Larry David and shook his hand. And he says, quote, that that show is hilarious. The carpool lane is obviously my favorite episode. After the trial, (laughs) Juan and his lawyer, Todd became great friends, and they often go to Dodgers games together. Um, If Juan had been home that night and had not gone to the Dodgers game, um, his lawyer told the New York Post that he would probably in jail, be in jail at this point and waiting his death sentence. <gasps> so it was the Dodgers game that saved his life and also, go Dodgers and also curb your enthusiasm.
0: <laughs> Larry just, David and I just the Dodgers. It was
1: just a great little like, it, it was just a nice you know little story. And also, if you watch the documentary, there's a part where um they had his daughter testify about the candy because he, he had told them that you know I, I went I got up a few times we took you know I bought because they are like did you buy anything during the game like do you have a receipt or anything and he was like well we went to the concession stand so they had his daughter on the stand and she's so cute and adorable and she was like yeah my dad took me to buy candy you know six a six year old girl and Juan is just sobbing in tears oh. like just losing it because here his daughter it, is up on the stand he may never see her again like it's such a good documentary and it's also what's the name of it again it's called The Long Shot
0: Long shot. and
1: um it's on netflix
0: i'm going to try and pour some wine i'm worried after
1: last week clink 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 clink
0: clink
1: um so yeah that's the story of juan catalan
0: i love that he's yeah, just a little ditty i mean in all honesty though like it's a mate oh here kenny oh, thanks have some wine have some wine um I feel like those are nice stories, though, and I'm. it's hard because it's like he had a couple paths to choose from, and he chose mm-hmm. the right one, and I know. then he still got screwed.
1: And he really was a good guy. Yeah. Like, loved his two kids, loved his girlfriend, like, just was an all-around good guy, and just, it also goes to show you, his lawyer said, you know, Juan has an amazing memory.
2: Mm-hmm. And like
1: you pay attention where you are in details because you just never know like if he didn't remember that there was an HBO crew there or ace like different kind of crew, right they would have never discovered that and he probably would be in jail right now. Bam. So can I
0: tell you something weird is so where I grew up, they are um going to be tearing down all of the elementary schools because the oh the lights Danelle's turn on the lights. So all the elementary schools where I grew up are being torn down because they, where I grew up, smart, smarted, started out as a very small town. Then it started growing and growing and growing. So they just kept building new elementary schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're about to tear down all of the elementary schools and build one big elementary school. So, all like my elementary school is going to get torn down at the end of the summer. And I'm kind of sad about it. It's kind of sad. N- yeah. A little nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. So, me and my one girlfriend who um, I've known since kindergarten. That I'm still friends with that was which in is my so, wedding. Which is so beautiful. Like, I have one friend that I'm still friends with from when I was like, little. Like, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went. She brought her daughter. I brought my son. We went to the elementary school. They had this big wall that you could sign. And so I said, thanks for the memories. Oh, so Love cool. Jenny Day. And um, it was so weird because when, as soon as we got in there, I remembered everything. The, the the way the art room smelled, the mm-hmm. way the um cafeteria looked, the where we had to do flipping square dancing. Did you have to square dance? I no, and I'm surprised we didn't because I'm from Minerva, which is listen, we had to square dance in elementary school in gym, and we like, maybe we did. I don't they think had so. to, they, I think Kenny, you remember did you.
2: I didn't no. you guys
0: okay. both grew up in the country, and uh, here yeah. I am fucking square dancing, yeah, and you're like suburban, and it was like, like do see do with your partner now and it was like our gym teacher would play these records i feel like he secretly just really liked square dancing probably
1: is that why you're such a good dancer
0: i mean probably yeah it started Je- you young. guys
1: jenny is a really good dancer
0: <laughs> we'll do a video maybe on the patreon oh bonus content
1: i mean you can get down
0: okay i will all right but listen so okay, sorry no i just we were I walking won't. around and i I started naming all the stuff, and my friend Michelle, who has an amazing memory, who remembers everyone from high Mm -hmm. school, and I don't remember anyone, she's like, oh, well, do you remember? She's like, I don't remember who I had for this grade. I'm like, didn't you have so-and-so? Because I had so-and-so. We weren't in the same class. And then I was like, why do I remember this stuff? Like, it just came to me. Because you pay attention. Oh, my God. It was so weird. That's smart to do. It was weird. I didn't know I was that zoned in on
1: my elementary school Mm -hmm. days. So isn't it weird how the smells come back to you the most, like walking through a school or walking through just Mm -hmm. anywhere, like the smell of the memory, like how smells are associated with memories. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was just, it was very strange. And, um, the classrooms, I can imagine the way they were set up when I was there because this was before computers, people, um, there weren't, there's computers in every classroom now. And when we were walking through, I was envisioning it without and like what it looked like and, Anyway, very nostalgic and I'm sad they're tearing it down, but I'm happy for that town to have a a brand new, I'm sure, and one and air conditioned and, you know, heated well and all that stuff. So, I
1: mean, we did it without air conditioning. They can too, but that's my old lady and me. That's the old lady
0: being like, when we were kids, listen, we walked to school uphill both ways. So, um,
1: anyway, but that's so cool. I just, it's a great, it's a great doc and it's only 40 minutes. Okay. I was going to try to pull a Jenny and just like off the top of my head, (laughs) but I'm just not, I'm not built that way. You
0: Mm -mm. can one Um, day. You can one day. Ah. I
1: believe I can do it. Okay. Okay. Ahoy. Are you
0: looking for something naughty to spice up your wardrobe? That's N-A-U-T-I as in nautical. Check out the fantastic apparel at the Savvy Anchor. They have everything you need for that pirate or mermaid in your life. Everything but the water, of course.
1: The Savvy Anchor specializes in nautical apparel for men and women. Their super soft garments will soon become your favorite thing to wear. Be prepared for compliments. Load up on booty today.
0: <laughs> Sorry, that made me giggle. Savvy Anchor is offering 30% discount uh, to sip, survive repeat
1: listeners. You heard that right, 30%. Visit Savvyanchor.com to get your SIP Survive discount by using offer code Sipsurvive. Save 30% off regular priced items. Discount does not apply. Don't even try it to sale or clearance items. Shipping is always free for orders over $50. Again,
0: save 30% with code Sipsurvive at Savvyanchor, S-A-V-V-Y, anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R.com. Listen. Spelling anchor is harder than it looks. Start living the naughty life with savvy anchor apparel. What are you waiting for? Ahoy, matey. <laughs> I had to. I'm drink I've drank a glass and a half of wine. Good. Well, let me have a sip real quick.
1: Get it in there. Let's hear it. I'm so excited. Let's get a review. How do we feel about oh I haven't tried me momy. Me Momi. Momi? I'm into it. I really like this
2: it's good it's It's a goodie.
1: it's actually more smooth than the palermo i feel like the palermo is more smooth but it's like a that the palermo had a deeper you know what the the palermo i opened it on sunday and i feel like it's it was going like i had to drink it like it was the on its last day well
0: it was here's the thing though it's a cabernet so obviously it had a deeper like Mm -hmm. richer taste this is a pinot noir so obviously it's gonna be lighter so i'm a pinot noir girl though so i I like this okay i got it from cvs i'm sure they sell at other places
1: okay i've heard of it before
0: Um, Okay, so I'm doing the story, the survival story of Colleen Kelly Alexander. And I would love to say that I found this story, but this week I got it from
1: Kenny.
2: Kenny. And I got it from my mom.
1: Woo! (laughs) Mrs. Steinbauer! Shout out! I got it from Kenny and Kenny got it from his mom. Kenny got it from his mama. (laughs) Go Mrs. Steinbauer. That's amazing.
0: I love it. She listens. I know she does. Shout out. By the way, your son is the best. Thanks for your son. Thank you for your son. I thank God every day.
1: Um, I do okay. too, because <laughs> I couldn't do my job without him. Exactly. Or this job. Correct. So
0: we can't do I mean, Sip repeat, repeat and we this can't isn't do a job. real jobs either. This isn't a job, but I mean, <laughs> whatever. OK, so Colleen Kelly Alexander, um, she grew up in Daytona Beach, and her dad owned a bicycle shop. And so growing up, she always was putzing around the bicycle shop. Like a Harley shop, or like no, a bicycle. bicycle, bicycle? OK. Like, I'm riding my bicycle. Cool. OK. With my pedals. Um, so she would like hang out with the guys who were building bikes in the back and she got really interested. Cool. And so she started riding um, all the time. And then she decided she, you know, once she got older, she wanted to use cycling as, um, she kind of said she went through depression and anxiety and stuff growing up. And so like cycling was that release for her. So okay. she would cycle to kind of like keep her mental health good. Mm-hmm. Um, so... She grew up in Daytona. She ended up getting married. Um, Well, she met a guy. Then they dated. And then they decided to get married. And then they decided to move to Connecticut.
1: Oh. Um, Daytona to Connecticut. Okay. Yeah.
0: And she was so into cycling that she decided that she was going to cycle to work. So it was 12 miles there, 12 miles back.
1: Damn, girl. Damn. What do your legs look like? Damn, Tina. I bet your legs are hot.
0: woo woo. So um, she... She cycled, no problem. She remembers that there was one fall day she was just really enjoying, like the crisp, like Connecticut air. Ugh. The trees were all changing colors. Everybody had pumpkins out. Do you think
1: she used the clip-in puddles? Oh, oh just curious because I feel like those scare me. Like, yeah, I, I would I, certainly fall. I'm very clumsy, so I feel like if I tried to use those, I, I feel would... like
0: real cyclists. She's do. a real cyclist, so
1: she probably used those. So, just,
0: I, so I dated a, a cyclist mm-hmm. when I was in college. And I'm, I'm going to name his name. His it was a badass name. His name was John Fearnow. Oh. His last name was Fearnow. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Like, what the
1: fuck? Jenny Fearnow?
0: I mean, it would have been amazing. Any,
1: any name would be like Danelle Fearnow. Like what? Okay. I'll take okay. that. Um, Sorry, Cherry. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Sorry, Day. Um, Day's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, so he... Uh, he was in cycling in college and I would go like see his races. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time I actually saw like real cyclists and they all had the clip in shoes and like
1: people would get like road
0: rash and like fall off. Yeah. And
1: like if you're going 12 miles, you're going to have the clip. She's got the clip in shoes. She has to. Okay, just sidebar, but it's totally terrifying. Like <laughs> yeah. you should see me
0: try and get out of my clip ins when I'm cycling in a spinning class. Right. I, like, me too. Basically fall off. It's pretty
1: humorous. Good thing it's dark in there.
0: Uh, good thing I'm alone because I'm at home. <laughs> True, although I am selling my Peloton, everyone, because um, I never ride it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what Donna the horse is for. All right, so she's she's you know cycling to and from work. One day she is on her way home. Um, she had she remembers the day vividly, like I said, with the fall leaves and the pumpkins. She remembers setting out chicken to defrost uh, in the sink in the morning. Uh, she remembers saying goodbye to her lab, oh. Sedona. Oh. That's right. This lady's dog is the same name as my dog. So I have a standard poodle named Sedona. I have four dogs. Oh, we're getting an alert. Is Flash
1: flood warning. Severe weather, everyone. In this area until 1030. <gasps> Nobody cares. I don't know why I'm telling you people. I'm Listen, sorry. We might have to edit this part out. No. Leave it, Kenny. Okay.
0: Um, okay. So <laughs> Leave it, Kenny. <laughs> we're getting real demanding of Kenny as Poor of me. Kenny. <laughs> Okay, so um, she remembers it. She she said goodbye to her lab, Sedona. Her and her husband had been like trying to have a baby or been talking Mm. about like having a family. Um, She went to work and then she was on her way home that night. And when she was on her way home, she looked up from her ride and noticed a, uh, let's see what it's called, a multi-ton freight truck (gasps) coming down a side road. No. And it failed to Uh -uh. stop Uh -uh. at a stop sign. Mm Mm-mm it hit her. Mm. Yeah, that's right. It hit Colleen. Oh, Colleen. She got pulled up into the wheels mm. and then smushed into the ground. No. She was awake and conscious for all of it. Oh. She felt the front tires get her and then mm. she felt the back tires get her.
1: And she survived. I mean, that's yes, what this, this is called. called Sip survivor is. Pete? Is that what this is called? Okay. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> that's terrifying. I know. So uh, one thing
0: that she had said, I I watched uh, her TED Talk that she did, and then I also watched a Today Show interview. Um, basically, when she got run over, her uh, one leg went one way, one leg went the other. And so her pelvis was basically <gasps> cracked in half. Uh-uh. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. So she actually had done some EMT work in her time. Okay, And so... She tried really hard to try and help herself to stay conscious uh-huh. and keep blood flowing to her vital organs. So all she could think to do to keep that going was to scream. she oh. figured if I'm screaming, I'm there's blood pumping to my brain, there's blood pumping to my lungs. Okay, take note. I'm taking note of that. Okay, right? okay. So she just started screaming and kept screaming, and it wasn't out of fear. It wasn't out of. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was out of pain it, to some right. degree, but a big part of what she said was just I knew if
1: I screamed. But I think also shock kicks in at that point. Yeah. So and she
0: in her head just kept thinking, if I'm screaming, my brain is working, my heart mm-hmm. is pumping, my lungs are taking in oxygen.
1: Isn't it amazing through all these stories we've done, like people have the wherewithal to like think, like think through logically about yes! like keep their body. You don't, God, I feel like I'd just be like, and I'm dead. I would just be like, <laughs> I give up. I know I'd be like, not cause I want to give up just cause I'm, I would be just so, I don't know. I don't, I feel like I'd lose yeah. all sense of reality yeah. and just be like,
0: yeah, right. my legs are going different directions. I'm out. Oh my God. So, oh. um, she basically, uh, decided while she was laying there screaming that she wanted to survive. That's all she decided. And I, I know we've said that before in other stories is mm-hmm. that people make like a conscious decision. Yep. I'm surviving. I'm getting through this. Um, there was a guy who came out I don't know if, of his house or a car and basically stood watch over her until the ambulance could get there because he was worried she was on the ground that somebody else would hit run her run her over yeah um, so he stood watch over her um, it was really sad because again she was trying to get pregnant and mm. like at this point she's thinking like my pelvis like it's gone like everything down there is gone I just gone. got chills oh um, so She basically, uh, when she got picked up by the ambulance an EMT took her hand and prayed with her, um, because she was just in such bad shape. Like I think a lot of people just didn't think she was going to make it. Um, she flatlined when she got to the hospital, so she made it to the hospital, she flatlined and she was flatlined for 20 minutes. Wow. They performed CPR on her for 20 minutes. Wow. So there were all these people like rotating mm. around her and they were trying to fix everything that was broken, which is was mm. <laughs> was a lot. Every yeah. Um her femoral artery had been ripped. Um her like I said, her pelvis was cracked in half. There was a lot of things broken. So there were
1: surgeons in there, but then there were also the people who were literally just trying to keep her heart pumping. Did the semi, are you going to, did the semi truck driver, did he get, he stopped, he stopped. Okay. But he, um, he basically got an infraction for failing to stop at a stop, stop sign. Stop it. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't like on drugs or anything. He just was No, wasn't, no, no.
0: He just didn't see the stop sign. It literally was an accident.
1: Yeah. But he did. St- so at least he stopped. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So um, she, they did CPR for 20 minutes the first time she flatlined. Uh, she came back, and then she had multiple cardiac arrests mm. for the next 72 hours. Wow. So she flatlined one more time while in the hospital. They brought her back to life again. I can't believe she lived. She died twice, wow. and they brought her back. Mm. Um, she was in a coma for five and a half weeks. Uh thirty days of that uh were medically induced because she was in she had such crazy injuries. How long would you want to stay in a coma
1: for? Sidebar. Three years. Max. Three years? Okay. Three Kenny. years max.
2: Am I coming out of it like okay?
1: Well you don't know.
2: Well like in her case she like came out okay. But am I am I coming out like I can't move or anything.
1: Um, let's do both of those scenarios. We can do this afterwards if you want. Let's do this after. Okay, but sorry. Yeah, I don't want to mess up the flow of your. No, no, no. But, but
0: I, I agree. I mean, let's. I talk would like about to it. know your yeah. Okay, um, so thirty days of that was medically induced, and then she, they brought her out of it, but she didn't come to right away. Mm. She um. After that, she went to a rehab hospital um, because, obviously, she had to kind of learn everything again. Everything. Walking, eating, all that stuff. Because her whole body was basically crushed by a semi. Um, She got over 78 units of blood. That means that there were nearly 200 people Mm. that had to give blood. Give blood people to make her survival possible. Mm -hmm nearly 200 people. So if you haven't given blood before, which I honestly have not because I'm a wuss. Oh, it doesn't hurt. I know. I just get nervous. I don't like needles and it's so weird cuz I have so many tattoos. So it's just like, Ugh. yeah, like weird. get it together, Jenny. And it doesn't it really is not.
2: I'm the same. I can't the thought of a needle inside me freaks me out.
0: Maybe we'll have a field trip one of these days. We'll go give blood. I'll probably pass out. I'll Perfect. Go, I'll go with I've done <gasps> it in high school and college. okay it's not the three of us are going and we're giving blood. It's cuz after I read the story, I was like, okay. Yeah. It was it was and also be an
1: organ donor, but that's another side. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Um so there were bags of plasma, there were I mean, she got all these transfusions. Yes. Um and without them she would have died. So she literally thinks of everyone who was part of that day, I mean minus the truck driver, Mm -hmm. uh, as a hero in her life. Yeah. Because she wouldn't have lived without the guy who stood by her while she was waiting for the ambulance the lady who prayed with her in the ambulance, the 20 people who helped with CPR and surgery while she, mm-hmm. when she first got to the hospital, the people who resuscitated her again after multiple cardiac arrests, the people who gave blood. like It's just there were so many people, yeah. and she sees them all as heroes. So um, through this experience, she said she learned that she wanted to be strong again, and she wasn't sure how to do that. So after the accident, she was back home, and her husband had gone to work, and she decided, Okay, I'm going to go try and and take a walk or do a run or or something like I need to do something active because she was an athlete. She loved, you know, when she rode to work and all that Mm -hmm. stuff, like she had a very strong athletic ability. So she went to this park and she said she went after her husband went to work because she was like, if I tried to go when he was home, he would have told me not to. Mm -hmm. She's like, so I waited till he left. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Ooh, thunderstorms coming. It's here in Ohio. Like,
1: spooky in here right now.
0: Kind of like mm. it. Um, so she gets to the park. She opens the door, and I don't know if she said she started walking or running, but what happened is her heartbeat got elevated, and as soon as it did, she basically had a panic attack because. When she got hit by that truck, mm-hmm. her heartbeat was elevated. She said she'd get into this zone when she was riding, yeah, or was a cadence. She okay, could feel yeah. her heart beating. She yeah. wasn't listening to music. She could hear, feel her heartbeat. She could hear it in her head, and she would pedal to the beat. Oh wow! And so it was like this cadence so that she's got in very her head. in tune
1: with, like what yes. her body. was And so doing. when she
0: was doing this, like trying to walk faster or do a little run in the park, she said, "I started hearing my heartbeat, and it immediately reminded me." Of this truck mm. hitting me and everything that came yeah. afterwards. And she's like, I started having a panic attack. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, interestingly enough, that same day, in the field where she was, she found a teeny tiny glass heart. Shut the fuck up. And she picked it up and she put it in her pocket and she said, I'm going to make this happen. So she decided she had to get over this fear that, her, <laughs> that her heart beating faster wasn't a sign was of something not was not associated doom was right. not impending death, but right. she was going to get through this. So she kept going back to the park, back to the park, back to the park. And she, every day she'd try a little harder. She'd go a little farther. She'd do a little bit more. And she had this little glass heart with her at all times, because it was like her reminder that this, that wasn't it. Yeah. My heart is stronger than right. that. Right. So she has this glass heart. She carries it around with her. Um, she does cycling now. So she is she is back to cycling. Oh, good. And like a
1: studio cycling, or does she do road cycling? She does road cycling again. Wow, what a badass!
0: Yeah. Um, So she said it's it's funny because when she first started being an athlete with cycling, she decided she was going to do triathlon. So she Mm -hmm. was doing um, like cycling. uh, She was doing the running and then swimming. Mm -hmm. So, and she said one thing that she really hated about all of the triathlon stuff was the running part. And she said, but that's really what got me back into being an athlete again, is that, that drive to do something with Mm -hmm. my body, um, to push it a little bit. And she said, um, it started out with a hundred yards, maybe. And now she's back to her full potential, or at least her full potential since a horrific accident. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know her whole I, her whole story. I watched a TED talk where she spoke. Is people people are your heroes even if they don't seem like they are? And so what she's been doing is she's been doing races. Um, when she first started, she was doing a lot of you know five k, ten k, and she said, I literally sometimes I was there in a wheelchair or had a walker, and it wasn't wow. can I get a place? It right. was. Just All I to want to do up. is finish this yeah. and get my medal. Mm-hmm. And every medal that she wins, she gives to one of the heroes oh, that saved her that. life that day. So whether it was a doctor or the guy that stood by her mm-hmm. or the woman in, you know, the EMT who was in the ambulance That's or beautiful. a blood donor. And she is so far, she's done a hundred races. Wow. And through a hundred races, she has given out 100 medals to heroes that have touched her life through this tragedy. Isn't that crazy? What an amazing woman. Yes. So... It's just her. Her spirit is amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, her whole thing is, you never know who's going to be your hero, mm-hmm. and it's it could be the guy living next door. It could be a stranger on the street. It's just like who's going to step up when you we can. We're all family. Mm-hmm. We just don't realize it most of the time. And so, it, I if you haven't seen her TED talk. Um, it was really inspiring. Look, I'm like a little teared up. It was really inspiring. Like, she's an amazing woman. And she's very, she seems very like a yogi kind of yeah, like spiritual I love lady. And um, I just, I think people could really benefit. And I think society in general could benefit from like hearing this message and thinking, you yeah. know what? I
1: can do more. Also, like if you've ever had like an accident in your life, I mean, her accident was very severe. Yeah. But I mean, like even like when I blew my knee out, which is very yes. small compared to anything she's ever been through. But but, still. but if, you ever, if you've ever gone through like physical therapy or any type of like anything like that or you hurt your back or whatever, mm-hmm. it's little teeny tiny steps. Yeah. And you think like, like let's say you want to go on a diet or you want to like train for a marathon or whatever like you don't think that like even if you run 100 meters or whatever it's the little teeny tiny steps that do get you to the goal at the end where like she started out in the park walking or in a wheelchair like it's every single little step that eventually gets you to that point like I remember when I hurt my knee like the lady was like okay we're gonna try to um she was like eventually during, like when you're done when we're done with all this you'll be able to bend your leg again and I was like no way there's no way yeah and she's like every night I want you to do like this bend and this and every night I did it and then by in six months I was able to bend you know what I mean like it's just yeah a little bit goes a long way it's and a it, slow process and she trusted herself and she had people around her that like was you know, and her husband
0: is still with her and still like rooting for her mm-hmm. and Like the fact that you know, at this point, they probably can't have kids the natural way. I
1: maybe maybe they can adopt, or he's or do whatever. I mean, it's just he's such he's
0: he's a good person. I saw him in this interview. Like, just the two of them, and especially her. Like, what what a strong
1: and all strong person. (laughs) Good for her for riding a bike without music. I mean, like she was following all the rules. Like she,
0: I mean, you you technically should yes, and you shouldn't be walking with headphones on either. People.
1: But I mean, I get, I, I get, get why people that, do but biking with, I mean, that's the sad thing is she was following all the rules and this yeah. happened to her. And yeah. Wow. What a survivor. Yeah. Mrs. Steinbauer. Wow. Mrs. Steinbauer
0: giving me great, great material. That's a great story. I love it. So that's it. That's Colleen. I love it. Colleen the badass. Yeah. Kenny. Well,
2: on a much lighter tone. Much lighter,
0: <laughs> much lighter.
2: <laughs> so, a swimming pool is banning men from what?
0: Speedos. Speed,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, you think Speedos? No, it's from using hair dryers on their ball sacks. <laughs> do they do that?
1: <laughs> do you guys do that?
2: The article starts, You'd be forgiven for assuming that their hair dryers in male changing rooms were rarely used. But it seems that men in swimming pool locker rooms are taking advantage of the facilities, not on just their heads, but on their nether regions.
1: I mean, hmm. can't you just dry it off with a towel? And... But
0: why? Uh, Wouldn't that hurt? So
2: it was On this hot s- setting.
0: Yeah, ban maybe, was maybe issued
2: after someone wrote a complaint to the local newspaper Uh-oh. saying this is not a ball sack dryer. Don't dry your ball sack or your butt with the communal hair dryer in the swimming pool.
1: Maybe that's a good invention. A ball sack dryer. <gasps> TM, balls- we've trademarked it. Don't take it. Don't it's take ours. it. Back off.
2: So this this spawned a Reddit thread where they asked old men who blow dry your balls in gym locker rooms, why do you do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's to avoid dampness, stickiness, and friction caused oh. by the towel are the main excuses oh, I given. I was going to
0: say, the towel, isn't that what the towel
1: is for? I mean, just get in there.
2: Yeah. And uh, so Lightly one person packed. actually said... After reading this, I tried once with my sister's hair dryer and burnt my balls. Yeah, Never yes! Again. They
1: can get pretty hot. Like, as a girl, I've burnt my, my head. head. Yeah, my head gets hot. Yeah.
2: Now, the best part about this is the graphic on the poster oh, that they posted shit, yes. in the locker
1: room. Oh, shit, yes.
2: It's very funny.
1: Oh, my God. You Even can, the
2: leg up. You can see, like, the bottom of his balls a little bit.
1: Yeah, and he's holding see. it up.
2: It's a cartoon, not, not a real one. Yeah,
1: it's not a real one. But he's got his leg propped up on the. <laughs> He has and his he's leg
0: propped up. An old guy. <laughs> They're like
1: young guys aren't doing this.
0: It's uh-uh. definitely the old men we need to worry
1: about.
2: But couldn't you just? It's something.
1: Maybe do like a little towel pat with some baby powder. I right? feel like I you mean, could do any-
0: like why anything are you- a hairdryer. I feel like that's
1: in your nether regions in a locker room that's shared. Like who wants to walk in on that? I Nobody. know guys are much more like open in the o- locker old room, men but don't,
2: don't care. What no, they, they don't. don't. They do. But
1: women are very in the in the women's locker room. You don't. Like, well, I feel like older women, though, sometimes. You
0: think? Sometimes older women, when I worked out at various places, would just be like boobs
1: out, booter oh. out, shits at Plan- out. At
2: Planet Fitness, I see more old dudes just walking around without a towel really? than. Also
1: true I guess I don't really, I've never belonged to a gym like that. Though, also where? true of nude beaches. I mean, I would do that, but. But I'm telling
0: you, nude beaches, you're like, oh, everyone's going to be gorgeous. I'm never taking off my top or my, or my
1: under. You told me garments. this before. So that's why I'm like, I would do that. Cause I'll. No, I mean, it's
0: like old people and unattractive people just like. Balls out. Balls out.
1: Balls. They're stunning. Which again, balls.
0: in all honesty, like do you, do you, I don't care.
1: Yeah. Let like, it out. I but, don't care what's going but on. But keep my blow dryer away from it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna need to talk to my husband. What if he secretly blow dries his balls? <gasps> I better talk to him.
1: Todd I know Todd doesn't do okay, that.
0: I know he doesn't either. And my husband also has no hair on his oh, head.
1: Todd has hair and I, he does use my blow dryer sometimes to like give it a little swoop. So maybe Aww. he's secretly blow drying his balls <gasps> too. And We're I don't gonna know need about to it. Him.
2: Maybe he does a little swoop, then just kinda of little burst of uh-huh. air down there.
0: Real quick. Uh oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Looks like me and Danelle have some things to talk about for men folk.
1: We have some discussions tonight.
0: All right, well, this has been Sit Survivor Pete.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening.
0: I'm glad we ended on a ball note. I mean, high note.
1: <laughs> or a low.
0: Either mm-hmm. way. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>
1: This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.